Hey there, Sports History fan. Arnie Chapman here from the Sports History Network. Now, before you jump into this episode, I wanted to share with you an exciting giveaway we have going on with Home Field Apparel. We have a digital $50 gift card to homefieldapparel.com for one lucky fan of the Sports History Network. All you got to do is head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways to sign up. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways. Hi, everybody. Dan here. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Hello World Sports podcast on the Sports History Network. In this episode, Andrew and I talk about the 75th anniversary of the NBA and particularly the NBA 75 team that was announced a few weeks back with the 75, actually 76, best players in NBA history as voted on by a panel of experts. A few weeks before the team was announced, Andrew and I recorded this episode where we named our 75 greatest NBA players of all time. And if you listen to the episode, you'll hear that after we're done, we hopped back on a few weeks later after the team had been announced to talk about our selections and how they matched up with the selections made by the NBA's panel of experts. So if you're listening and you think we're done, just uh, keep on listening because there's some extra content there that was added a few weeks later, and we really hope you enjoy it. Also, while I'm here, I want to talk about the latest sponsor that we have here on the Sports History Network. This podcast is sponsored by Play Classic Sports Simulation Board Games. That's spelled with two A's, P-L-A-A-Y. These are realistic board game recreations of professional football, hockey, baseball, NASCAR, golf, and more. They cover nine sports in all, with the 10th, basketball, coming in 2022. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm a big fan of sports simulation board games. In fact, back in February, we did a whole episode on those. With Play Classic Sports Simulation, you can relive great seasons of the past, create what-if matchups from different eras, and much more. It's a lot of fun. If you're into sports history, you should check them out. Play with two A's, P-L-A-A-Y-Classic.com. Use the code SHN, as in Sports History Network, at checkout and get 10% off your first order. We also have a giveaway running uh, just for the next couple days through November 13th, and that's your chance to win your choice of any one of the Play Classic games. To enter and check out the interview with the founder and his son, head to SportsHistoryNetwork.com slash play. That's P-L-A-A-Y. Thanks for checking them out, and thanks, as always, for listening to Hello Old Sports. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, Old Sports, and welcome to the Hello Old Sports podcast on the Sports History Network. You've once again joined Dan and Andrew Newman for the Hello Old Sports podcast. We'd like to thank you, as always, for doing that. We have a special episode for you tonight commemorating the 75th anniversary of the NBA. Andrew, how are you today? I am doing very well, Dan, all things considered. It's a a great time of year for sports, October, football, baseball playoffs. Hockey's about to start and the NBA is about to start, which will obviously be germane to our discussion tonight. So the NBA is... uh, celebrating its 50th anniversary and I'm sorry, celebrating its 75th anniversary. And if you listen back to uh, one of the episodes that we did earlier this year, we talked about the kind of the early days of the NBA and how the NBA is the 
result of the merging of two other leagues, the NBL, the National Basketball League, which had been around uh, since about some time, I think, in the early 1940s. And then the BAA, the Basketball Association of America, which formed, I believe, in 1946. And the NBA views the beginning of the BAA as sort of its year one in the 46, 47 season. And that's why this season, the 2021, 22 season is considered the 75th anniversary, even though the actual NBA name, I don't think came out until I think like 48 or 49, but this is what they celebrate as their 75th anniversary. And it was the same thing. It was exactly 25 years ago with the 96, 97 season where they celebrated their 25th anniversary, their 50th anniversary. Yep. And I remember that as a kid, I know you do, but I remember it as, you know, a 10 year old, 11 year old, uh, I think it was must have been during the All Star Game when they had the uh, all of them with their cool looking jackets that were like all black, but then the each team each guy had different sleeve colors based on what team he was most associated with. That's kind of my lasting memory of the NBA at fifty team. It's one of the coolest sort of historical moments as far as that type of thing, a collection of players in sports. Andrew and I were both in Cooperstown uh, just about a month ago, and. Then the couple of days after we were there, they did the 2020, I guess technically it was the 2020 Hall of Fame induction of Jeter and Larry Walker and some other guys. And so I went on a little bit of a kick and I was watching old um, Hall of Fame inductions at the beginning where they introduce all of the old players and that are there for the ceremony. And these days, it's a lot of the guys from kind of the 80s and on. It's Alan Trammell and John Smoltz and Frank Thomas and Ricky Henderson. And you might get a couple of guys from the 50s and 60s, um, you know, uh, Orlando Cepeda or something like that. But back in the 80s, which was sort of the first ones that I was able to find on YouTube, you had guys going back even some into the 30s and 40s. And a couple of the years that I watched, Cool Papa Bell was one of the guys that got introduced, which I thought was really cool because you have this guy, Negro League player, who never even played in the major league. So it was, it was kind of a cooler collection. But it also made me think that, there's never really been a time where baseball had enough history to do something like that, but was recent enough to have enough guys there to have it really seem complete or almost complete. And I may have even talked about this on the podcast before, but in 97, when they did the 50th anniversary team, there were 50 guys named to it, obviously. And there was only one who had passed away, and that was Pete Maravich. Mm. And there were only three guys, including Maravich, who were miss missing from the ceremony. And it wasn't necessarily the guys you would think. It was Maravich, obviously, who was represented by his kids. It was Shaq, who had some sort of injury and wasn't playing in the All-Star game and didn't make the trip. And I remember even at the time, he really got hammered publicly for not take making the trip to go be with all these other guys and to be honored as a member of this 75th anniversary team. And he, by the way, was by far the like guy who'd been in the lead, like the guy whose career was the least complete. Obviously, most of the guys on the NBA 50 team had retired, but then of the rest of the guys, it was, you know, clearly guys who had played most of their careers. I actually didn't 
you know, I had to look when I was trying to come up with what we're doing tonight. I had to look to see if he was on the team because in my head I was like, eh, probably not by that point. But, you know, obviously I was wrong. But, you know, he was if I'm trying to give him a little bit of maybe the benefit of the doubt, he might not have known yet. You know, he might have still been so young and wet behind the ears that the historical importance of it might not have been fully appreciated by him. Yeah. The, the shack of later years was not the shack of then. the shack of later years was a guy who really did have a lot of respect for the history of the game, especially once he, well, he, I think he'd signed with the Lakers that year, but he was somebody who, you know, he very famously had a really good relationship with George Mikan and when Mike and passed away and he, he his family didn't have a lot of money. And so Shaq paid for Mike and funeral. So Shaq, a guy eventually who really came to respect the history of the game, but maybe not so much in 1997. And then the third guy was Jerry West, who I think it had some sort of a, it was actually, if I'm remembering correctly, it was some sort of like a, a dental procedure or something where he, he couldn't get on a plane. So 47 of the great of the 50 greatest players in NBA history, all on the same court, all being introduced. It's a moment that in American sports, that I don't think can ever really be replicated. I, I, the only other thing, I think we talked about this when we did the boxing episode. I've seen a picture of like Jack Dempsey, Joe Lewis, Ali, and maybe like one or two other guys, maybe, you know, so it's like, it's always cool when you see these pictures of all, you know, guys from, long swaths of the history just to see them in the same room and getting their picture taken again. So if, if you have a few minutes and I'll try and remember to put it in the show notes, check out from 97. I think it was in Cleveland. Check out this 97 all-star game where they introduced the NBA's 50th anniversary team, because it's really, really just a cool thing to watch. You know, everybody from Mike into whoever, you know, not counting Shaq, Mike into, you know, Robinson or whoever it was to see them all in the same place at the same time is really cool. Yeah, it, it really was. The only, the only thing I could think of that would be similar. I mean, it's not similar, but where you said like you could have almost every person there because it was, you know, started sort of recently enough, but still had like a history that would be worth it. And it's not either of our thing, but I feel like for like a 30th anniversary of the UFC. They could probably do something like that where everybody of significance is still mostly around to be there. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I remember when you and I, and we'll get to the point here in a minute. Oh, we'll get to the weight title in UFC. <laughs> 97 also game was in Cleveland, by the way. When you and I went to MSG in 2013 and we saw Bruno San Martino inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking that it was like Bruno San Martino was there and Ric Flair and Backlund and Hogan and, you know, I think Stone Cold. And so it was kind of like a obviously Rock wrestling was probably there because he wrestled the next night. Who was that? What was that? I'm sure The Rock was there. The Rock was there. Yeah. So it was like it was sort of the same type of thing where you had kind of every big kind of guy who'd been the face of the WWF WWE for the last, you know, 50 or 60 years. So that was the same kind of thing. It's just, it's really cool when they just get like a bunch of guys from a wide swath of time. And the NFL just did their hundredth anniversary team uh, two years ago, hundred guys for a hundred years. Unfortunately, baseball is in a place where they don't really do anniversaries for baseball. They did, a, they did an all century team. And that was a cool moment when it was right, it was the 99 world series that the Yankees were in. 
And it was cool to see that. But you still had a lot of guys, you know, Babe Ruth wasn't there. Um, Lou Gehrig wasn't there. Jackie Robinson wasn't there. So you had, you know, Cy Young was not there. So you had a lot of guys who weren't there. And you're certainly going to have that because in the last 25 years in the NBA, a lot of guys have passed away, although not as many as you'd think. There's still some of those original kind of guys from the 50s and 60s who are still around. And I don't know if you saw it. And this is another thing that I can throw in the, in the show notes. The NBA just over the last day or two just came out with like a 75th anniversary. It's like an ad almost. And it's about oh. the NBA neighborhood. And it's um Michael B. Jordan, who I know from um, The Wire originally and then has been in Creed and you know every other you know big, big movie star, huge movie star. It's him driving a bus and showing all these kids around the neighborhood. And, you know, the actual Michael Jordan's not in it, but, you know, Russell's in it and Kareem and Walton and Magic and Bird and Isaiah. And so check that out. I think it's called like the the NBA 75, the, like the, the street or NBA street or something like that. I'd have to look it up, but it's really cool. It's kind of, you know, and the NFL did a similar commercial. I don't know if you saw a couple years ago when the guys were like a banquet hall and they're all fighting over the ball. And so these leagues do do these things and hopefully they figure out a way to do it in February at the all-star game. I'm sure it's in the plans where they can get as many of the 75 guys that they name to the team as possible. Let's be a little careful with some of the guys who might be in their eighties while the virus is still going around. But yeah, uh, no, And I did think of that, but I, I wonder if, you know, if maybe by then they'll be able to, you know, to figure out a way and, you know, you know, some of these guys, you know, it'll be different because it'll be a large, but also you got to figure, I mean, some of those guys have already shown a willingness. I mean, Kareem was and Oscar were at the, the Bucks championship game. So, you know, some of these guys, you know, that have shown that they're still willing to do some of that stuff. And I think Oscar's in the video as well. So anyway, check that out. I'll put both the 97 ceremony as well as the, the more recent, the commercial in the in the show notes. So what we're looking to do tonight here is we're going to sort of come up with our own 75th anniversary team. And by the time this posts, there's a chance that the NBA will have announced theirs. But we thought it was important to at least record it before that team was announced. So we weren't coming in with any sort of bias towards what had already been announced. And what we're going to do is we're going to name our 25 players, if we come up with 25, um, of guys who we would definitely put on the team from the last 25 years. And then if we have more than 25, we'll have to figure out who from the previous list we're going to bump off. Mm-hmm. What we're not going to do, unless we somehow come up with less than 25 from more recent era, which I don't think is going to be the case, what we're not going to do is kind of go back and revisit if there's anybody from, you know, the first 50 years who deserves to be on, because that 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 probably would be more than a, even a even a even a hello old sports podcast episode probably would not be enough time for that discussion because you'd almost you'd almost have to reassess every single guy. And that that can be tough. So we're going to go with that and sort of get and I don't really think even just looking at the original list of 50 I don't think there was anybody that you can look at who was a glaring omission. Who You look at and say, there's a guy who definitely deserved to be on and didn't make it. So I think we're in pretty good. We're on pretty firm ground here. Yeah. And I was just going to say that, you know, that I didn't think you had either, but obviously that confirmed it. I was going to say, I didn't go back and say, here's the original 50. 
you know, who at that time could have been swapped out. I felt like that's a different discussion. And, you know, again, if you, if you really want to get into, well, the bottom three guys on that list maybe could have been replaced by these three guys. It's it's much more interesting and I think a better use of our time, although it's questionable whether any of this is a good <laughs> to just kind of focus on the last 25 years and, and, you know, 25 guys for that time frame. So what I want to do real, real quick here is, and this will be a little tedious, but I think it's worth doing. Let me just read the names of the original 50 here in alphabetical order. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Nate Tiny Archibald, Paul Arizon, Charles Barkley, Rick Barry, Elgin Baylor, Dave Bing, Larry Bird, Wilt Chamberlain, Bob Cousy, Dave Cowens, Billy Cunningham, Dave DeBusher, Clyde Drexler, Julius Irving, Patrick Ewing, Walt Frazier, George Gervin, Hal Greer, John Havlicek, Elvin Hayes, Magic Johnson, Sam Jones, Michael Jordan, Jerry Lucas, Carl Malone, Moses Malone, Pete Maravich, Kevin McHale, George Mikan, Earl Monroe, Akeem Olajuwon, Shaquille O'Neal, Robert Parrish, Bob Pettit, Scotty Pippen, Willis Reed, Oscar Robertson, David Robinson, Bill Russell, Dolph Shays, Bill Sharman, John Stockton, Isaiah Thomas, Nate Thurmond, Wes Unseld, Bill Walton, Jerry West, Lenny Wilkins, and James Worthy. So those were the 50 in 1997. And so here's my idea for this, Andrew, and tell me if you think this is a good idea or you want to do it different. Why don't we go through and just kind of go through the list? And I thought we'd maybe start with everybody who was named MVP since 97. Okay. Yeah, I, I kind of did a list off the top of my head. So mm-hmm. obviously some of the bigger guys are at the top. So I'll kind of let you... Mm-hmm. Go in the order you want, and I'll, you know, so you're going to name guys who are MVPs, and we're just going to say, like, yes, I have him on, or no, I don't have him on. Yeah, we'll do the MVPs first, and then we'll go we'll go from there. And we'll only put a guy on if on this first little pass-through if we both agree with him. Okay, so not even if we both have him on the list, but if we both say, like, yes, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, if if, if he's a no-brainer for both of us, we'll... we'll most, we'll, of, most of them are going to be. Most of them are, yes. So... This was done in the 96-97 season, and the MVP in the 98 season was Michael Jordan, obviously already on the list. The MVP the following year was Carl Malone, also already on the list. And then in 99-2000, uh, it was Shaq, who is already on the list. So in 2000-2001, the MVP was Allen Iverson, and I think he's a no-brainer for this list. Do you? I have him on the list. Yes, I, I do think he's a, you know, I think he's a guy who early in his career, he was such a revelation and certainly injuries and his style of play and then some off the court, you know, just just sort of his personality and, and some of that may have for a while diminished the kind of player that he was and just how important he was. And he also sort of became a, one or you know one of the two or three probably the number one sort of stand in for people complaining about what they didn't like about what the NBA had turned into you know what I mean and you know we can talk about how most of that was unjustified but but really I think taking all that out of it with some hindsight you go oh yeah no this guy was even if it didn't last as long as maybe some people thought it might this guy was clearly a dominant player and a very unique player for a long time in the NBA. 
Yeah. And I think there were some also some some legitimate on the court criticisms of Iverson that, you know, there were times when the game he played made the NBA a little unwatchable because it was one guy dribbling and four guys standing around. So it wasn't all just the sort of the off the, off the court and the cultural stuff. But yeah, no, he was a dominant player, like you said, not for as long maybe as he could have been or as other guys were. But for a period of time, he certainly was. So I definitely have him on the list. So let's throw Iverson on there. And then we get to the back-to-back MVPs of the next two years, 02 and 03, Tim Duncan. And for my money, Tim Duncan might be the best power forward of all time. So he's got to be there. Yeah, he's one of the first three or four guys I listed, and I wasn't necessarily listing them in order. I think of the last 25 years, you'd be hard-pressed to have him any lower than third, probably, of the last 25 years. Yeah, probably. You'd probably go LeBron, Kobe, and then him, I would have to say. Maybe Durant, but yeah, no matter what, he's he's there. Yes. Speaking of great power forwards in 0304, the MVP was Kevin Garnett, and that feels like a, a pretty obvious one to me, too. Yeah. <laughs> this was he won an MVP when he's a Timberwolf. So yes, certainly. Yes, I was not a personal fan of him for a very long time as a player, but no doubt that he was, you know, at an, in an era when centers were becoming and I know, you know, sometimes he was technically a power forward, I think, but I mean he was a center in my opinion and he was, you know, in a time when a lot of the game was floating away from big men he was still one that you wanted to have. And, you know, he took a lot of minute. He, he made Minnesota a perennial contender for a long time, and nobody's done that since or close. So. All right. So Garnett's on the list. Next up, another back-to-back MVP in 05 and 06, Steve Nash. Absolutely. Yes. A guy who he was just, and I don't remember if I ever got to see him play live, but he was just so fun to watch. He could score, but obviously he could pass, too, and that was his big thing. That Suns team with him and Marion and Amari and Joe Johnson, that never, I think the farthest they ever made was the Western Conference Finals, if if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, there was the one year, I know the last year that Amari was there, they got to the finals and lost to the Lakers, I think in six, and it might have been, series might have been tied at two or something like that. And then there was the year, might have actually been the second round where they were really, really good. And there was the guy thing with the guys coming off the bench, kind of like the Knicks and the Heat in the 90s. I think that was the year before. Okay. Yeah. Seven-time All-NBA, eight-time All-Star, five-time assist champ. Where is he all-time in the list of assists? He's got to be close. Let me let me see if I can find that. He is, he's third all-time in career assists in the NBA behind Stockton and kid. So yeah, he's an all time. Great. Never won anything, but he's still the great player. Great point guard, probably one of the best four or five point guards of all time. So Steve Nash, definitely, definitely on the list. I didn't realize he is fourth on the all or he's third on the all time list, but from what I can see, he's literally one ahead of Mark Jackson. <laughs> really? Yeah. He's got, he's got 10,335 and Mark Jackson has 10,334. Well, neither one is likely to be coming out of retirement anytime soon. So we got four next, uh, the next MVP in 06, 07 was Dirk Nowitzki. To me, this is another no brainer, great player, sort of a transformational player and that he was a seven foot guy who could shoot threes and 
kind of a center, but then also an outside threat. You know, one of the first guys maybe who was kind of hard to pin down what position it was. He actually was playing, played for a really long time, scored a lot of points, won a championship, was beloved in Dallas. I, I have to put Dirk on the list. Yeah, there's no question. You know, he also was sort of, you know, we people talk a lot about how the 92 dream team was the team that seeded a lot of world basketball, you know, a lot of making basketball a truly international game. He was sort of the first guy to come over in evidence of that as, you know, the first great European player dispelled a little bit of the myth about, you know, all European guys can only get so far. They're soft, whatever. And he stood the test of time. He, him shooting that sort of, uh, you know, mid mid range jumper is a, is an iconic NBA shot. Now I'm not talking one shot in particular, mm-hmm. you know, growing up, I always think of Ewing on the baseline, shooting that kind of fadeaway baseline shot for the Knicks. Nowitzki's that and more. I think they have actually have a spot on the court in Dallas, like commemorating that, like where he take, took that shot from all the time. Yeah, it's like the Kobe jumper or the Kareem skyhook or the the Jordan, the jump man thing. It's like an all, you know, a a famous and iconic like a silhouette almost. So, yeah, absolutely. Next up, and I knew this, but I had kind of like forgotten it, you know, from a just from a, you know, like a an immediacy level. It, it, it you know, I knew it intellectually, but Kobe Bryant, 07, 08, this was his only ever MVP. It was the year the Lakers went to the finals and lost it to the Celtics. And this is Kobe's only ever MVP, but for a guy who had a lot of Michael Jordan comparisons in his career, the fact that the guy only ever won MV one MVP, I think is, is kind of crazy, but he obviously belongs on the list. Yeah. And and I think some of that's probably a product of, he was there with Shaq and then, uh, you know, the team dipped a little and he was really strong, but you know, you're only going to get so much consideration on a team. That's not that good. And then, by the time he was starting to play, you know, the, by the time they were getting good again, it was you were into kind of the LeBrons and stuff like that. So, you know, I don't know how many times he finished in the top three or four, but I bet it's a lot. Yeah, it's kind of like Magic, where Magic didn't really start to win MVPs until after Kareem. It was obvious that Kareem was very much on the decline and it was Magic's team. It's kind of the same thing. Kobe didn't start winning MVPs until until Shaq was gone and out of the picture and. Then he had those couple of years where, in addition to the rape allegations, he was playing on teams that didn't have a lot of really good players. You know, I think it was like, what was the line I think you gave in the memoriam when it was like, what am I going to do? Pass the ball to Smush Parker? Yeah, well, he, he, I think the quote was like, I'm on a team with Smush Parker and Chris Mims. What do you want me to do? Pass the ball to Chris Mims? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it, when Phil came back, they kind of reestablished a relationship that had not been a very good one during the first go round and Kobe was a very different, both a very different player and a very different teammate, very different guy during that second run. And I think that's what sort of solidified his legacy, but he absolutely with his five championships, he absolutely belongs on the list. Kobe Bryant. Absolutely. All right. And then now this gets a little bit easier from a list point of view, because we got a, got a lot of guys with repeat championships, LeBron, I don't know how much we really need to say. He's the second in my book. At least he's the second best player in NBA history. He's hard been to crib, 
hard to credibly rank him lower than second. I guess I'd listen to an argument that maybe he's third or something like that, but you know, no, no, nothing less than that. So I just bought a book on NBA dynasties and I actually didn't like the fact that the guy did this because I, I think it's kind of cheap, but in his list of like the 10 best NBA dynasties, one of the dynasties that he lists is the LeBron dynasty, you know, starting in Cleveland and then going into Miami. And then they made the finals all four years. He was back in Cleveland and they won. Yeah, he, he, played, he played in eight straight finals and nine out of 10. Yeah. Cause the Lakers won. Yeah. I mean, he's the only guy who's ever led three different franchises to championships as, you know, first of all, very few guys have even won titles with three different franchises, Robert Ory and maybe a couple others, but he was the, the the leader, the the best player by far on three different championship franchises. So no question LeBron obviously belongs on the list. Now in the 2010-11 season, we get to the first one that maybe does not belong. And I don't I don't have this guy. I just think you can't, and that's Derek Rose. No, um, you can't, and it's I love Derek Rose at the moment on the Knicks. He was great for them last year. I'm excited to watch him this year. Rose is a guy who, you know, we, he, and I mean, I give him credit for 11 years after that gruesome knee injury. He's still in the league and he's, you know, playing at a decently high level. He hasn't the whole time, but, um, you know, he's a great what if story, but you just can't. That's not enough for him to be in the, you know, he never returned to a high enough level after after that, you know, brutal knee injury. And as he's had some productive years last year, maybe being one of his most productive since, you know, he was that the caliber player who was winning MVPs, but no, he certainly doesn't belong as a no brainer or whatever. And I don't even really have him being, no, I don't even think we need to go back to him for further discussion, to be honest. No, I, I don't either. Although if he brings a ring to the garden this year, <laughs> if there's a ring in the garden, I don't think he'll be the reason it's there. He hasn't played more than 66 games uh, since his MVP season. And obviously, he had, you know, like you said, he had the gruesome ACL injury. But, you know, he had one season where, you know, he had seasons recently where he's only played in the 20s. You know, when he was, he was I don't even remember this, but in he was with Detroit in the 19. I guess he actually, I don't know how long was the season in 19. No, no, well, no, it would have still been a, almost a full season in 19, 2019, 2020, because most of that was before 70 ish. And he only played 50. So in who I don't remember what his specific COVID story was, but yeah, he really hasn't had, he hasn't been an all-star since the year after his MVP season. So yeah, he, he's the only going to be the only MVP who doesn't get into the hall of fame or the first MVP, at least to not get into the hall of fame. So yeah, you can't put him on. Then we got a couple more years of LeBron. And then in 2013, 2014, in his first MVP season, his only one so far, you got Durant. And to me, that's just another no brainer. Yeah, absolutely. Durant, you know, you and you can even argue at the moment might be the best player in the NBA, depending on where you rank certain other guys and how much you think LeBron's got left and and all of that. But um, his act wears thin with me sometimes. And, you know, the way he seems to feel insulted and disrespected everywhere he goes seems a little bit that doesn't really necessarily sit with me the right way, especially the way he kind of he somehow felt that he was wronged in Golden State. I could almost buy it in Oklahoma City, but in Golden State, the way he kind of felt as if he had somehow been been wronged by the Warriors when all they did was help him win a championship and all you know, two championships, I guess, two in a row and joined a team. You know, I usually don't begrudge guys leaving to win championships. 
I do judge Durant a little bit for having lost in seven games in the Western Conference Finals with Oklahoma City to Golden State in 20, I guess that would have been 2016, and then turning right around and signing with a Golden State team that had won 70 games the year before. As a player, I find that a little bit, kind of a little bit weak, the way he did that to go join that team and try and chase a championship, but that doesn't change the kind of player he was, and he probably was the best player on those Golden State teams for those couple of years, even with Curry. So no question to me about it. Durant's on the list. It wasn't his team, but he was the best player on those teams. Yeah, Uh, I agree. And, you know, he was the best player on those Oklahoma City teams. And for my money, he's the best player in the last, or no worse than the second best player in the last 10 years. You know, I, I have him even above Curry and probably just below LeBron. And look at what he did last year with the Nets despite the fact that he was coming off a horrific injury. Well, and that's the other thing, too, is I remember on my show we talked about, because he was, you know, when he got hurt in that Toronto finals, it was like, well, he's going to be a free agent. And you and I were talking, and it was like, nobody's ever come back from that and played at a high level in the NBA. But I think at the time, my argument was, if anybody can, it'll be him. And, I mean, you know, it was one year, but he was phenomenal for them for long stretches of time last year. And... You know, even even if he never came back after that Toronto finals and he retired, he's still on this list. I mean, he's a we talked about Dirk kind of being the tall guy who can shoot, you know, from the outside. Durant is the next evolution of that. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him this year because he's he's only 33. He's not super old, but he only played in 35 games last year. So it's not like he came back and played a full season now. He also played 12 games in the playoffs and he played 40 minutes a game in the playoffs, which is impressive for anybody, let alone a guy who had an Achilles injury that, you know, five, 10 years ago would have ended your career. So a very impressive player. We have to point out to and I know he was hurt for a while, but in general, we can't look at guys in this day and age and go, you know, oh, we only played in 60 games. What's like, well, how many of those was he held out of? Oh, yeah. So the NBA reaps what it sows by letting so many teams into the playoffs. You're going to have, you're going to have guys taking days off because there's no reason to play. So I agree. I don't Now The fact that he only played 33, he wasn't held out of 45 games, but fair point. How many games were the season last year? 72. Yeah, it was about that. No, no, no. I know he was, he was hurt for, for a while. I'm just saying like, even if he was, I'm just saying you can't totally, you have to adjust that for inflation a little bit. All right. So the next several were all teammates of Durant's at one time or another. Uh, the next two MVP years, 15 and 16, were Steph Curry. He belongs. No question. Absolutely. Another guy who, I mean, if you look at that stretch, they were in five straight finals. They won three of them. One of the years they didn't win it. They won 73 games. And you may not, you know, people may not like the, this evolution of the game, but he has evolved the game. He, you know, he can pull up basically anywhere inside half court and you don't feel like it's a bad shot. And that's, again, you don't have to like that. That's what the style, but why would you not do that if you're able to? If you're able to shoot six steps behind the three-point line with a high percentage, why wouldn't you do it if that's the best shot you can get? Yeah, I mean, this is not a fair comparison. Um, And I don't, you know, he's not Babe Ruth. But it reminds me kind of of all of a sudden when Babe Ruth came in hitting 60 home runs when the guy who led the league the year before hit 12. 
it, it totally changes the complexion of the game. Your your game planning. It's it, it's kind of maybe it's almost kind of like maybe this is a better comparison. It's almost like the way that all of a sudden a fifty five yard yard field goal is a chip shot for a lot of guys. It changes the whole complexion of strategy and what you do and all that type of thing because you know the court is smaller now. And I wasn't trying to like you have to be able. That's not a good shot for most guys. I'm not saying that's, you know, a strategy to be emulated by every player. What I'm saying, though, is he's the first guy where there where those shots are ever good shots. You know, he can he can shoot from there and you're like, okay, even if he misses it, it's not like, what are you doing? It's like, all right, he missed that. He good chance he makes it next time. Just just a fun totally unique player coming out of a small school. It, I, I love watching him. All right. Next up, another point guard, another teammate of Durant's at a certain point in his career. And that's Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. I also have on my list. I have him lower on my list, although I didn't rank them, but it just means I thought of him later. But, you know, first guy to average a triple double since Oscar Robertson, right? Yes, correct. And then did it the next year for good measure. And that was, by the way, on a team that in successive or, you know, within the span of a couple of years had lost James Harden, had lost Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Again, another guy who sort of like Iverson maybe doesn't get, I guess Westbrook is more appreciated, but just plays with such an intensity and a, he reminds me almost of Barry Sanders a little bit where Barry Sanders was not a guy where you you know you'd watch Barry Sanders lose a couple of yards, no gain, dance around in the backfield and then he'd break one for 65. Westbrook's kind of like that with games. You know, where it's like there's games where he's like where you're like what is he doing out there? His head's in the clouds, he's not he seems like he's really forcing it or he's whatever and then there's nights when he plays with that intensity and it's clicking and you're like this guy's the best basketball player in the world. Anybody can average a triple double. The knock on Westbrook is the fact that recently, at least nobody seems to really want him around because he was with uh, since he's left Oklahoma City. He was in Houston for one year, reteaming up with Harden. And then last year he was on the Wizards. And you mentioned, uh, you know, sports during covid. One of the things that I'm happiest about is I got to see Russell Westbrook in a, in a Wizards uniform, uh, leading the Wizards to their only playoff win in the first round last year, right around Memorial Day. I got to see Westbrook at live suit up for the Wizards. They won that night, then they lost the next game, and then that was the end of his Wizards career. But I'll always be able to say I got to see Russell Westbrook on the Wizards. But yeah, you got to put him on there, and he's going to be in a very, very interesting situation this year on this Lakers team. This Lakers, Rod, I know we're, we're doing... The nature of this means that we're doing a lot more new new stuff, you know, newer sports stuff and even, you know, modern day stuff than, than we normally do. But this Lakers roster this year is crazy. Yeah, I feel like every year since LeBron's been there, this being what the third year, it's just been like a different. Remember, like his first year with L.A., they kept bringing in guys who like in the past had like tormented him. And I don't yeah. mean tormented him on the court, but like been a pain in his butt. Like, didn't they bring in Lance Stevenson? Who, yeah, that's right. That's right. In his ear. And like they, they, it was like, are they trying to bring in every guy who's been called crazy in the last 10 years? So Russ Westbrook's 32. There are one, two, three, four. There are eight guys on the team older than him. 
Carmelo's 37, LeBron's 36, Trevor Ariza is 36. I had no idea Trevor Ariza was still in the league. Rondo is 35. They brought back Dwight Howard, who's 35. Then they got DeAndre Jordan, who's 33, who was on the Nets last year. Westbrook and then you know, Davis is, is 28. But like they just have so many, you know, guys who've been all stars, you know, what I call the guys you've heard of, like and they're all old. It's going to be really, really strange. Trevor Ariza and honestly, at this point, Carmelo Anthony, but more specifically, Ariza is like Trevor Ariza is a guy who will never be on a bad team because there's no point. Like, yeah. You could find somebody younger to do what he does, but he's a like he'd be a good visa, probably a guy a lot of the veterans like having around and he's dependable. But like his career winning percentage the last like 10 years is probably something insane because it's just like, why would he ever like it's not a, he's not a guy like a rebuilding team would want around. And I did just see that he had ankle surgery today and is out for eight weeks. So who knows if he'll ever actually I have him. We'll come back to him. Ariza. I don't think we're going to come back to him. Every also, guy who was on the 05 Knicks I have on my list. Trevor Ariza has been on the Knicks, Magic, Lakers, Rockets, Hornets, Wizards, Suns, Kings, Blazers, Heat, 10 different teams. And this is his, he's back on the Lakers. He did not play a game for the Lakers. This is an interesting question. I wonder if this has ever happened in, in the NBA or any any other sport. He He was on the Lakers in the aughts, and he's back on them in the 20s. He was not on them in the teens at all. So he missed a whole decade with the team, but he's been on them in two different decades, two non-consecutive decades. So very interesting. It's, it's a rare combination that leads to a guy being in that situation. Yeah. All right. So we did Westbrook and then we got James Harden. I'm not necessarily as high on James Harden as a lot of people are, but I do have him on my list. Yeah, he's... You know, I mean, I almost feel like there's been a little bit of re- rehabilitation with him the last year or so. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe that's too strong. But like, you know, he's been very famously can be described at best as an indifferent defender. <laughs> I mean, there, there's been some clips where people have said, like, this is like when your controller gets unplugged from the video game. <laughs> and he's, he's just standing there while a bunch of other things are going on. But I mean, you know, there's no denying those years he had in Houston. I look at him almost as a, you know, how if you like t- taking any implication of performance enhancing out of it, that's not where I'm going with this. But like in the late nineties, there was a ton of home run hitters, or even if you use quarterbacks now, passing stats are so much higher now than they were. So, you know, if you look at a guy who's passing stats, in 1990 would have been insane. Well, now if they're the seventh or eighth best quarterback in the league, you kind of have to adjust for that. To me, Westbrook is like, he's a volume or not Westbrook, excuse me, Harden. He's a big time scorer and shooter in an era with a lot of them, but you can't totally dismiss what he did. And I think to be fair, if you look at the original 50 list, their list of 50, there's guys on that list that fit into that sort of general category as well. So it's not like by picking him, we do something that wasn't done on the original list. Yeah. 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 All right. So we got two MVPs left and Giannis, the Greek freak Giannis and Tetsuo is next. And after last year with the second straight MVP NBA, you know, the, the, the championship and the finals MVP, 
he's been in the league now for looks like what? One, two, three, four, five, six, eight seasons. He goes on there to me. Yeah, I, I put him on lower, not because of I thought of him early. And then I was like, let me list some other guys, you know, and, and whose careers are done or, you know, close to done. And let me see where who I start getting down to. And I started getting down towards the end of my list. And I'm like, OK, he's already, you know, had a better career than any of these guys. If he's never plays another game, he's had a better career than any of these guys. And and again, you don't. You can count that he won it. I mean, I'm not saying this is the be all and end all, but like who else he's got to be have won a title with one of the weaker supporting casts in NBA history. I mean, you know, Chris Middleton's a nice player, but like when you think about who the second best player on most teams to win a championship is. Yeah. You know, I agree. It's not, not in a traditionally marquee market. It had been 50 years since they won a championship. And then just again, just another guy who the existence of 20 to 30 years ago would have been incomprehensible. He's how big he shoots from where he's from where like it's just it's a totally different guy. So let me just digress back here for a minute, because this is something I was thinking of. And I was thinking of uh, Durant, Westbrook and Harden. Three guys who would one day either had been or would be the MVP on the all on the same team. That had to be pretty rare. I was only able to think of three other times in NBA history that happened, and that was the the Lakers that one year when they had Shaq, Kobe, and Karl Malone on the same team. The Showtime Lakers, when they had Kareem, Magic, and then Bob McAdoo, who was the MVP in, uh, I think it was 75, uh, 70, 75 who, with the Buffalo Braves. He was coming off the bench for the Lakers later in his career. And then the early days of the Sixers with Barkley, when Barkley was drafted and they still had Dr. J and Moses. So those were the only other three times where three one-time MVPs all played on the same team for at least a season. So anyway, just a little piece of trivia that I came up with. So, and then I guess the last, the last MVP was Jokic. I couldn't put Jokic on there yet. I'm impressed by the guy. I think if it was the 80th anniversary team in five years, he'd been on there. But six years in the NBA, I just can't quite get there yet with him. No, not yet. And I don't. That's. I think that's totally fair. I didn't, you know, put him on there yet either. But uh, and there's plenty of guys who, when they won their first MVP, wouldn't have been on a list like this. You know, it's absolutely. Not a slap in the face to say. He's not one of the 25 best players since 1997. I don't think that's an insult to the guy, even especially when you're saying like, yes, pretty soon he might be, but he's just not there yet. So we got 12 Iverson, Duncan, Garnett, Nash, Nowitzki, Kobe, LeBron, Durant, Harden, Westbrook, Giannis and Curry. So I don't know if you did your list the same, but I went with anybody whose career was still active in 97 could be considered. Yeah. I just went with any, yeah, I went basically went with anybody who wasn't on the list who still had. Yeah. But I don't know that I looked at it that way, but there's a couple of guys who were sort of towards the end in 97 or maybe not even towards the end, but like had played a lot of their career who weren't on the list who I added. So why don't we go back and forth? We'll just go back and forth naming them until we've both exhausted our lists and then we'll figure it out. And since I kind of listed off the MVPs, why don't you go first? All right. So I, I don't have to go chronologically, do I? No, however, you, anybody. 
So anybody who's a definite for you, Dwayne Wade. Yeah, no question. Never won an MVP, but great player. He was the best player on those 06 Heat team, that 06 Heat team with Shaq that won it all. And maybe not. I'm, I'm looking up. I don't know if his stats were ever. Nothing really like he, he won one scoring title, but he was just a guy who was a great, great player for a lot of years. Won championships with Shaq. He was the face. He's the he's the the most beloved and best player in Miami Heat history, without question. It, you know, not that this necessarily matters, but from everything you hear, just an all around good guy and good teammate and everything else too. So, no question, Wade goes on the list. Yeah, and and the longevity aspect of it too. I mean, the guy was around forever. He just recently retired. He's the greatest player in Heat history when you factor in length. I mean, yeah. you know, LeBron was obviously the most dominant for the four years he was there. But, you know, when you consider that Wade was there for so long and then went back to people forget he was I actually saw him play a game when he was with the Cavaliers, which I think a lot of people will forget he was a Cavalier. But well, that was the year that speaking of Cleveland, that was LeBron's last year in Cleveland or speaking of LeBron, I should say. And that was the year they just brought in all these old guards because they had him and they had Rose and they had uh Isaiah Thomas all on the same team. And then eventually they traded all of them midway through the year. (laughs) Yeah. Wade was gone pretty soon after we went to a game in mid January or late January. And he was, he was not around much longer. And then I think the following year with the heat, that was the year the heat went deep into the playoffs and he had a couple of really good games right before he retired. It was kind of like a, a weird little rejuvenation. Yep. All right, so that was thirteen. If we threw Wade in there, just that that'd be thirteen, and I think he can go on the list as a definite. Absolutely. So I'm going to go back a little bit of a ways here, and I'm going to go to a guy who everybody always talks about. Maybe you know was like the guy that maybe got screwed from the the '97 team. And I hate to say it, but do you know where I'm going with this, Reggie? Reggie Miller, yeah. I have him up there, too. I was actually surprised he wasn't on the list. I actually double-checked it right before we went on the air. I was like, is Reggie Miller really not on here? I mean, certainly a lot more of his career was gone than Shaq's at that point, and he Mm -hmm. continued on for a long time. Um, I think I remember in, what was it, 05, maybe he hit a shot in like a game five to force overtime against the Nets in the first round of the playoffs or something like that. Uh, Maybe I'm off on the year. but, But, yeah, I mean, he was a... Really, really top of the line player for a long time on good teams. He was another guy who there were some nice players on those Pacer teams, but he was taking, uh, you know, teams where the second best player was Dale Davis or Antonio Davis or Rick Smiths or whoever and taking them to Eastern Conference Finals after Eastern Conference Finals. They finally get to the one championship round. I'm looking now, he's only ever, a th- never higher than a third team all NBA player, but you also have to consider he was listed as a shooting guard during that era. So I'm sure uh, Michael Jordan had a lock on those most years. And Iverson later too. And some of those other guys, even, even the, you know, in the 22,000s, the early days of Kobe. So yeah, only made five all-star teams, but you're talking about a guy who played on the Pacers starting in the late eighties when it was the, the Chuck person teams coached by uh you know jack ramsey dr jack ramsey and he was on the team with chuck person and wayman tisdale and Vern fleming and then his last year was all the way in 04 with the malice at the palace team with o'neill and Artest and all those guys so 
third all time in three pointers made. Curry is second because Curry's just going to blow by everybody. He's only a hundred or so, hundred twenty behind first already. But you know, third one of really the first. I'm going to go ahead and guess he's the furthest back guy on this list. Yeah, he is by far. You know, one of the first guys to really make that their primary offensive weapon too. And we hate to say this because so many of them came against the Knicks, but a lot of clutch moments. Yeah, no, and he he played that role. Didn't seem to get rattled by road crowds or other players. Actually relished it. One of the kind of guys who was fueled by it. So. All right. So we got two two more from the, the, you know, the non MVP list. You're up. Who's next? All right. Let's see who I want to go with next. Um, Kawhi Leonard. You know, I had him, too. He was like one of the last guys I put on. And I was a little bit surprised with myself that I put him on. But I do, you know, he was, you know, he, he might be the only guy on well, no, LeBron, but he and LeBron, the only two guys to win finals MVP with two different teams, his career is, and I don't think we're necessarily picking guys based on potential, you know, i.e., you know, we didn't pick Jokic. The other thing I didn't necessarily realize about Kawhi, in addition to what he's done as a team leader and all this stuff. The guy's also a hell of a defensive player. He's been on the all-defensive team seven times. Two-time defensive player of the year. Two-time defensive player of the year. So 15 and 16, three-time All-NBA first-team defensive. Four-time yeah. second team. So he's, yeah. So And that 15 Spurs team that beat up on the LeBron Heat, that was kind of his team by hit that point. The other three, the Duncan Parker, Ginobili, they were... They were getting old by that point. Duncan was really getting towards the end. So, yeah, they're they're at he absolutely. I like I said, I was surprised at myself for putting him on there. And I some of the stuff with him, the kind of the the weirdness of his end with the Spurs, maybe detracts a little bit. And maybe we'll never know that whole story. But I definitely I had him on there. I had Kawhi on there. And he was the MVP of two finals with two different teams, including that Toronto team, which I mean, that that's a legendary one year run. You know, he'll be a legend in Toronto forever, even only playing that one season there. And as he said once in car, he said it a lot in college, board man gets paid. <laughs> the Apple thing was apparently made up, which was, what was that? It was because after there was stories coming out a few years ago, about like how weird Kawhi Leonard was. And there was one that came out that the guy admitted was made up. But like he said, like, yeah, Spurs player was saying that, like, they all went out to dinner one time on the road as a team. And usually Leonard wouldn't go, but every now and then Popovich would convince him to go. And they were at the table and Kawhi Leonard just pulled out like a bag of apples and just said like, apple time, apple time. And just started eating apples. <laughs> and they were all like, Oh, that's just him, I guess. But it turned out that wasn't true. Not, yeah. <laughs> I did read in sports illustrated a few years back that he was like, well, into his NBA career, he was driving like a 2001 used Honda or something like that. So, a different kind of guy, but he's on my list. So I'm, I'm going to 15 just to keep it uh, 15 where there's been no real, you know, debate. We haven't. Yeah, we haven't had a difference of opinion on any of them. And I'm just going to I'm going to keep going with guys. Andrew can't stand here. So I'm going to go next with Jason Kidd. It's funny. I'm highlighting these as I go. He's the next one on my list. And, you know, he. Absolutely. Mostly I have him on here for his year with the Knicks. Um <laughs> No, I mean, absolutely. What he did with those Nets teams alone was 
Was he, he had, was he like second or third in the MVP that year? Probably the, first he time. was second because I remember being really into the nets that year and thinking he should have won it. And then they gave it to Duncan. He turned, I can't remember in my own, other than LeBron, which is a whole different type of thing. I can't remember a guy ever going to a team and just completely turning around the on court, the culture, just the whole thing from 2000, 2001. And then when he was traded from Phoenix for Marbury and in 0102, when they went to the finals and they got slaughtered by the Lakers that year in the finals, but the, you know, then the nets who had never been talked about, never gotten any attention in New York and they still didn't get a ton, but all of a sudden you had one of the most exciting teams in basketball playing at the Jersey Meadowlands, and you had an MVP candidate and not, not to mention just his amazing longevity played in the league, 19 years, plus a guy who Dallas and was on that team that won the championship in Dallas, right? Yeah. Went back to Dallas after the nets and was the starting point guard on the team with Dirk that, that beat LeBron in LeBron's first year in Miami. So got his championship played a lot of years he is he second all time in assists. He must be. He's second all time in assists. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I kids got to be on there. Yeah. No. No question. And and you know, again, going back, there's an argument to be made, and it's no way to know, but he might be the reason that franchise is still in the Northeast. You know. I mean, yeah. who knows if they have the juice? If they're not, if they continue to be moribund, five more years, who knows if there's any value to them at all to be planning on an arena in Brooklyn for them. So I'm up, right? Yes. Ray Allen. Yeah. Yeah. I have him. Another guy who was, you know, on a bunch of different teams, stood the test of time. I always remember him as a supersonic, but certainly was then, you know, with the, uh, I guess he was with the Bucks before that. He was only with the Sonics four years, but that's what I remember him as for some reason. He was traded for Gary Payton. Yeah. Went. I always miss. I always forget which team, which guy was on which team when they got traded. Two-time champion, ten-time All Star, hit that amazingly huge shot in Game Six of the 2013 NBA Finals when he was with the Heat. Or excuse me, when he was with the uh, with the Heat. With the Heat. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. He with the Heat. You know, was on that 08 Celtics team, part of the uh, the Big Three as they called it that year that won that title and played for what. 18 seasons as I'm looking here. Um, he played a long time. Yeah. I believe when I looked, well, I think it was 17, but yeah. And was he, I feel like I just saw him as on one of these lists as somebody just above uh, somebody I was just looking at. Let me see. Was he the, is he the all time leader in three pointers? Is he the all time leader in three? Yeah. He's the all time leader in, um, no, 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 no. Court, oh, I'm sorry. I was I'm, I had moved on to somebody else who was 91st all time in three pointers. <laughs> yeah, so he's because I said Reggie was third. Yeah, Ray he's Allen. all time. He's yeah. first all time in career three pointers. It's no, he's not going to have that record for long because Stephen Curry is flying up at him. But, you know, I mean, Curry's 900 behind him, so he'll have to stay healthy for a few more years at least to do it. Not that there's any indication that Steph Curry's not going to stay healthy, but it's it's out there at least. It's not like it's not like he's knocking right on the door. What are you looking at? Oh, I'm looking at attempts. I have him as 160 behind. Behind Allen? Yes. Which is just crazy given that he's got 900, 900 less 900 attempts. <laughs> wow. Well, my apologies to Steph Curry, but that that's not well, meant to, 
My apologies to Ray Allen. He's not going to have that record. Yeah, but he's still a great, he's okay. still a great player. I, I, you know, he's, and he won. I mean, you know, he, he was a, a key player. I think there's always room on a list like this for a guy in, in basketball who's just a pure shooter, a guy who could just knock it down from anywhere on the court. So I absolutely had Ray Allen as well. Player either. I mean, he was obviously a big part of, you know, he, he could do more than that, but that's obviously what he's most famous for. All right, well, let's uh, let's go with one of his teammates and let's go with the great Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce has to be on the list. <laughs> has to be on the list. I mean, if he's not, he's going to do this. <laughs> he's going to complain. <laughs> I, I'm amazed, Paul Pierce. I mean, for no other reason than the length of time he played in his career and never committed a foul. Go ahead, talk about Paul Pierce. He he deserves to be on the list, all joking aside. But go ahead. I, he, I I don't have it in me. Yeah, you know, I never loved the guy either. He kind of like my first memories. Did you really? <laughs> so for those of you who are not seeing this on video, which would be everybody, unless you're me, Andrew has walked away and I see his curtains and his hello old sports pennant. And I went to, I went to get another one of my Ken Anderson beers that I bought from Cincinnati when I was there two weeks ago. <laughs> For a minute, I thought you were talking about Kenny Anderson, who was actually a teammate of Paul Pierce on the Celtics in the early 2000s. Save, save, save Kenny Anderson. We'll get back to Kenny Anderson. <laughs> but actually, that kind of segues with a point I was going to kind of make. I first remember Paul Pierce as a guy on those teams that were rivals of the kid Nets and that Celtics team with Walker and Kenny Anderson and, and some of those other guys was just one of the most dislikable teams in the world. Like maybe it was because I was in Boston at that time, but I just, I despise those, those Pierce Walker Celtics teams. But yeah, I mean, the guy Pierce did it for a really long time. He was a, a 10 time all-star finals MVP in 08. He was the best player on that 08 Celtics team, even though it was Garnett and Allen coming in that kind of rescued them from mediocrity. But yeah, he was, you know, he's not a guy who I don't think was ever. I want to see how. I can never recall a year when it was like Paul Pierce is one of the best four or five guys in the league. Yeah, he was never. I'm looking here. He was second team in 09. He was third team in 02, 03, and 08. So he was never, you know, a first team all NBA. He was a, you know, he was the NBA, NBA Finals MVP in 08. So obviously that's probably got to be considered the high point of his career. But yeah, no, he's not. And then you also got to remember with him, goes from there and he's on a few other teams. You know, he had a few more years after that. He was part of that Nets team that was that disastrous trade <laughs> and then he was on the wizards for a year in 14 15 and he was like shot in the playoffs that year he he shot the last shot of the game for them they they played that year they think it was toronto they lost to in the no they beat toronto in the first round and they lost to atlanta in the second round um four to two and i was at the game six that they lost pierce was he was the best player on that team in that playoff series I think he either hit or took the final shot in every close game for them in that whole playoff series. So he was not an incidental player on those Wizards teams. No, and a guy with, I'm obviously mostly with the Celtics, but another guy sort of with ice water in his veins, hit a lot of big shots at the end of games and things like that. Sort of a guy who rose to the 
pressure of the occasion. And, and, you know, look, I disliked him, but there is something to be said for a guy who gets under your, I, and I feel like most of the guys he played against, he got under their skin, kind of like Reggie Miller, which is admirable. Cause if you're getting a guy off his game, then that's, you know, yeah, he and he and Garnett both on those teams. Those that Garnett said to Carmelo that time, your wife likes Cheerios or your wife smells like Cheerios or something like that. Because <laughs> I remember, um, I think he said, I think he said to Carmelo, your wife smells like Honey Nut Cheerios, which I don't even know what that means. I'm sorry. I do remember the Honey Nut Cheerios because that that was the famous line from Steve Summers on FAN the next night. Kevin Garnett is a serial trash talker. <laughs> Closest Pierce ever finished in the MVP voting was seventh. So that's that's pretty low for a guy who you're considering an all time great. But I think some of his other stuff outweighs that. So he's on there. Yeah. So we're at what? 18 and our lists have matched up, which I guess means we're probably doing a good job, but a bad show. (laughs) (laughs) So. I am going to go next, and I, I honestly don't think this will be the one that breaks the streak either. I'm going to go with Chris Paul. Oh, yeah. You can't not have him on there. You know, he's. I just looked. He's in, like, the top seven or eight in assists all time. Obviously playing still at a very, very high level this year. You know, took the Phoenix Suns to a, not alone, obviously, but at, what, 35, 36 years old when everybody assumed he was you know, no more than a bit player had this year. That was a phenomenal year. Took the Suns to the NBA finals out of nowhere. Basically, you know, he's been a revelation since the day he came in the league with the Hornets. And he's one of the, he's another reason that again, a thing you don't necessarily think about. He's the reason there's a pro basketball team in Oklahoma city. He's think about what he did with the Clippers, the him and Griffin teams. And again, people tend to focus too much on, yeah, they had some choke jobs in the playoffs. Absolutely, they did. But they were the LA Clippers before this. I mean, they're they're they didn't even register in that city other than to be a joke. And now, certainly, it's still the Lakers town, but they're a viable franchise that's about to build their own arena for the first time in 25 years. And a lot of that has to do with what him and Blake Griffin did. Nine-time All-Defense, 11-time All-Star list, led the league in assists four times, steals six times, 10-time All-NBA, Rookie of the Year in 05-06. And I, I just remember the first time I saw him play in like 2009, 2010, and it's just like he was just so fun to watch because he was just such an amazing passer. So he's, yeah, I mean, he's, where is he all-time on the assists? I'm looking. I, I, I just pulled it up, but I'm going to check again. He's like sixth or seventh. He's fifth. Oh, he's fifth. Okay. And let me let me see who's how close is he to? He's like a little bit behind the Jackson Nash one apart thing. He's less than a hundred assists behind those guys, so he'll he'll get on there, no question. He the two guys he's in front of are Magic and Oscar Robertson, by the way. So yeah, and he'll and he'll probably, I mean, he'll probably pass Kid because he's only like a hundred and fifty. I'm sorry. He's only like 1,500 or so behind kid. No, I guess closer to 2,000, but still, that's that's like, you know, who maybe he won't, maybe because he may, who knows how much time he has left. But yeah, he's, I've always liked Chris Paul. I've always enjoyed watching him play, and he's 
he's probably one of the best seven or eight point guards of all time. So not much winning, not any winning. Like we said, last year was his first finals at the age of 35. But yeah, I mean, that's winning. That's that's something. And just for anybody who didn't know where that Oklahoma City thing came from, from me, I guess that would have been his rookie year where he was with the New Orleans Hornets and they that was right after Katrina. They weren't able to play in New Orleans for most, if not all of the year. They temporarily relocated to Oklahoma City just just as like a stopgap. But they were good and exciting and out of nowhere. Who knew that all of a sudden the the fan, you know, they probably would have gone to an extent anyway, just because it was professional sports in Oklahoma City. But probably not as much if they were putting on the kind of team that people expected them to. Instead, they got this rookie who's playing really well. The Hornets are winning. They're playing really exciting. So when they go back to New Orleans, it's like, hey, uh, this could be a potential market nobody was thinking about. And then obviously the Sonics and all that. So, yeah, no, absolutely. All right. Was was Paul yours or was he mine? He was yours. Yes. So we're at 19, according to my calculations here. The rest of these are ones that I don't feel as great about. Okay. The next one I went with, or the next one I will go with, is Vince Carter. I have Vince Carter on my list. You know, Vince Carter, what, very recently retired. I actually remember Vince Carter's last game. His Because he did not play last year. So his, his career sort of abruptly ended because he was on the Hawks in 1920 and not in 2019, 2020. He wasn't on them in 1920, although he's almost that old. But he... He they were not good enough to go to the bubble last year. So when COVID suspended the season in March of 2020, that was it for Vince Carter. Yeah, but his last night, that was it was the night that everybody knew everything was shutting down during the Hawks Knicks game in Atlanta. And the game went into overtime and the Knicks, I think, scored like the first 10 or 12 points of overtime or something. So the Knicks were up big. And with like a minute and a half left in overtime, whoever the Hawks coach, they put in Carter to let Carter play because it was obvious that like that was probably going to be it or at the very least most likely. And I think he hit a three at the very end of the game. It didn't determine the game or anything, but it was like you you could tell that everybody knew like, hey, this is probably it for our season. So let's get this guy in there. Eight time all star, you know, never one second team all star one third team i feel like the one thing you can say with him to his credit is played so long and so well after toronto that people almost forget how much of a circus that toronto thing was at the end oh when he just basically stopped trying right and he was supposed to be hurt and he didn't go to the game because he was hurt on the road but he was at he was at like a concert when in toronto that was him right that wasn't mcgrady no that was him i'm not mixing the two of them up no that was him but, you know, McGrady got traded early from Toronto. McGrady's tenure in Toronto was almost like inconsequential. After Toronto, he went to the Nets and had a few really good years, a couple of all-star years. Team with Kid, those were some teams, those were some playoff teams for a few years there. Then he bounced around Orlando, Phoenix, Dallas, Memphis, Sacramento, Atlanta. You know, again, compared to what he was at the beginning of his career, didn't pan out in the way that people would have he made up for it, not totally, but partially with the longevity of his career. And 
I think I also kind of came of age in a time when, because those couple years, I think it was the 99, 2000 season. Remember when he was in the dunk contest, he did that crazy standing dunk where he was able to get the, the bend of his elbow was on the rim. And so, you know, which means that he just jumped incredibly high. He was a phenom. They, they had a decent enough playoff run in the Oh one playoffs where they first, they beat the Knicks and then they lost to, Iverson and the Sixers in seven games in the conference semifinals. And I think that was the year where he graduated from UNC and then like went to the graduation ceremony in the morning and then flew back to whether it was Philly or Toronto, probably Philly to, to play against the Sixers in the game seven. And he was getting some criticism for that. And so, you know, he on those Raptors teams was a real force to be reckoned with for a couple of years ago for a couple of years there. And then the bottom just kind of fell out. And that was when he, you know, stopped trying and then he got traded to the Nets. So he never really led a team to do anything of any real consequence. I don't know if the guy ever even played in the conference finals. He never led the league in scoring. He never really came close to winning an MVP. So I don't love Carter, but first of all, I almost can almost guarantee he's going to be on the list. And he, you know, he, he probably deserves it. All right. This one might be a fight, although it really shouldn't be. I know where you're going with this, and I have them too, but go ahead. Number seven, Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, I have Carmelo. And to me- all time in scoring. He was a how many time all star? He has been a 10 time all star, two time second all NBA team, four time all NBA third team, scoring title in 13. And is still going, by the way. You know, when his career seemed dead in the water four or five years ago, went to Portland, has played well. Now he's got a chance to get a ring this year with the Lakers. He is one of the 25 best players of the last 25 years. Well, they better hope there are no more COVID outbreaks because with all the senior citizens on that team, it's going to be uh, it's going to be bad. But yeah, no, I mean, look, I never liked Carmelo. I was glad when they real quick, real quick. Carmelo Anthony, by the way, born in 1984. What year were you born, Dan? Well, I'm not in the NBA. I didn't realize that was a qualification for age. (laughs) Go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, look, I I don't love Carmelo as a player. I, I think he was probably... He seemed temperamentally incapable of playing winning basketball. But there are other guys on the list, the original list, whether it's George Gervin or Maravich or some of these other guys. Not every guy on the original list of 50 was a guy who was a great team leader and just won a bunch of championships. So, yeah, not everybody on that list is Magic Johnson. Like you got to, you know, you can't hold the guys now to a standard that you couldn't hold the first 50 to. Yeah. Or Russell or, you know, even like an Elgin Baylor. Yeah, no, not everybody's. So there are guys on that list where it's, they were the same type of player. So, you know, I, you know, I don't love Carmelo. I don't necessarily, you know, if you talk about as a guy, an all time great, I would say no, but we've gone through the best 15 or so already that are sort of no brainers. And if we're, we're there, we talked before about how there aren't really. I can't think of enough guys that would replace Carmelo, you know, of the pre 97 vintage. And I can't think of too many guys left that were better than him over the last 25 years. So, 
he goes on. Yeah, we're at 21 for the record without having any disagreement. What do you have? There's only we're definitely going to have at least a couple more, just a couple of disagreements. But who do you have? Who's left? So I had four more. I had exactly 25. And I didn't necessarily feel the need to nobody, nobody beyond those 25 really necessarily pushed me over. I wrote a bunch of names after that. Um, mm-hmm. I did. I did stop at 25. I did differentiate between 25 and, and after that. So. And again, I just don't love any of these other guys, but my next guy was Bosch. I had him on my other list. You know, certainly I think is worth consideration. You know, was obviously part of those heat teams, was a big part of those heat teams, but was the third biggest part of those heat teams at best. You know, may have missed an opportunity to be more had he, you know, he had some serious illnesses. I think it was a lung or a heart issue or something. And Wasn't had- a kidney? Okay, it was it was something. It wasn't an injury, is what I'm trying to say. So really missed out on his chance after LeBron left and actually waited left to to sort of make a name for himself with that as his team. He was an 11 time All Star. Only rose to second team once. Spent you know the better part of the first half of his career on okay Toronto teams, I guess bad, and then gradually okay Toronto teams, but um. I think he definitely deserves consideration, but I did not have him right at the top of my, I did not have him in my 25, but I had him on just other guys to talk about. Yeah. And you may have just done a decent job of talking me out of him. So let's, 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 let's table him. Let's put him on the, the maybe list. And why don't you give me your next Gary Payton? You know, I didn't have Payton. And then as we were sitting here talking and we're talking about Ray Allen, and that was actually when I said, Oh, Allen was only 91st all time. And I joked, you know, and I was looking at the wrong page. I had gone to Peyton's list real quick because I think just thinking about him more, I've reconsidered him. And I think I'd be comfortable with putting him on there. I, the thing is, he's another one of those guys. And I know this isn't the only criteria, but I never remember him as like, God, he's one of the best, you know, best players in the league. Finished third in the MVP voting in 98. You know, again, another guy made the one finals, but there's no there's no big Gary Payton moment. There's no team that he really led to anything. He kind of he did win a championship in 06 with the heat backup on the or no, actually it was this one. Well, no, he was a backup on the the Shaq Wade. Antoine Walker heat team kind of bounced around a little bit at the end of his career, did not acquit himself well in the 0304 season with the Lakers, that disastrous yeah. attempt to put together a super team with Malone and Kobe and Shaq. I remember very clearly watching sports center in the morning after a finals game and hearing him say, Oh, I guess it's all just my fault. Gary Payton's the reason this team is not going to win the championship. So he, he had his issues at times, but a hell of a defensive player. How many times would he, was he defensive player of the year? Payton just once, but he was nine times the all defensive first team first, not just all defensive team, all defensive first team 94 to 2002 in a row. And how many guys are known, especially how many guards are known first and foremost for their defense? Yeah. Not a lot. And just taking the even just overall, he was two time first team all NBA, 98 and 2000, five times second team, 95, 96, 97, 99, and 02. Done those really good Sonics teams in the 90s, played in that one finals. Unfortunately, that was the 
96 Bulls they encountered, which obviously didn't go well for them. He said ultimately did get his ring with Miami at the end of the run. But, um, you know, I, I think given the other sort of guys we're talking about at this point, I, I think he belongs on the list. Yep, I'm good with throwing him on there. So what are we up to 22 now? All right. I think I guess I, I was last with Peyton or you were last with Peyton. So I got two more. Neither one of which, like I said, am I particularly inspired by. But what about Tony Parker? Parker's on my list. Yep. Parker is on my list. Finals MVP. You know, was was one of the key cogs of a long running dynasty not that that's the be all and end all but different guys get in for different reasons you know that's like a robert parish type of thing yeah 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 personally you know three times all nba second team 12 13 14 long career 2001 to 2000 well actually i forgot he played that year with charlotte Um, yeah but um you know played a really long time with the spurs you know one of the key guys on those championship teams obviously was what did he win for? He wasn't. He wasn't on the '99 team. I guess that one. No, he came in a couple years after that. Yeah, he must have been. Okay, yeah, yeah. It says playing career '99, but that includes Europe. Um, and he was only 19 when he got to the Spurs. So he, even if he had not been in Europe, he would not have been on the the other team. He would have been too young. Yeah, averaged what 15 points a game. Um, you know, over the course of his career, so. I I was going to say, you know, if it was a guy like this on a not as good team, but I guess the thing is there's not a guy like this on a not as good team. Well, and he was a good player, so he made them a good team. Exactly. So I had him on there, so I think he goes on there. It was why I mean, we both have him. So So you differ on me and somebody because you didn't have Bosch. So you must have two left also. I do have two left, yes. All right. Why don't you give me both of them? Because then we can just kind of figure it out from there. I had Alonzo Mourning, uh-huh. and I had Rasheed Wallace. Okay. Um, I had Pau Gasol. I had Gasol right at the top of my other list. You could I, search- I don't know if I can go there with Rasheed. Got enough guys I hate on this list. We can't have <laughs> love on this list. Yeah, I mean, never led the league in anything. Only a four-time All-Star. He was a head case, which in a way that sometimes cost his team. I would give you Gasol over him. Yeah, I mean, Gasol actually just announced his retirement officially like two days ago. Big part of those two Laker championship teams. Obviously, he was a a real big part of those early Memphis teams before he got traded to the Lakers. Was traded in one of the, even though he's not the focus of it, his trade to the Lakers was part of the most... uh, one of the most iconic ESPN clips all time when they asked Stephen A. Smith if the Lakers gave up too much. And he goes on a rant about Kwame Brown. Um, but yeah, I, I'll give you Gasol. Or not even give you. I, I agree with you on Gasol. So, so I think that's 24 if I'm doing my math right. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. 22 we agreed on. Peyton, I had. Gasol, you had his 24. Who was your 25th? Yeah, that was that famous Stephen A. Smith where he was like, Kwame Brown is gone. Yeah. And then he says, no disrespect. No disrespect, but the man is horrible. <laughs> he calls him a scrub. I believe. Um, so what I was saying is, 
we had 22 we agreed on so far. I had Peyton. You had Gasol. So that gets us to 24. I had listed Morning. You have one more left? Gasol was my other one. My other one was Bosch. Oh, okay. So we basically, for one spot, we're between Bosch and Morning. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess if we each have that, and then I can just list guys I had on my next tier. Um, so Morning... I could go either way on this. Bosch certainly had more team success. Morning was the best player on that team, though, and Bosch was the third best player on that team. For all, all, all first team once, all second team once, you also have to remember he was a center in the late 90s, early 2000s when, you know, you had Shaq. So some of those, and before that, you know, Akeem was still, those guys were getting old, but that probably tied up a lot of the first team slots. All NBA first team defensive team, 99 and 2000, two times the defensive player of the year. Both of those years also led the league in blocks those two years. You know, seven time all star. I think I'm willing to give it to you on morning based on the the team leadership, the defense, which Bosch was not the defensive player morning was. Plus the peak, you know, morning's peak was better. Bosch probably well, didn't have more longevity, but he was in Bosch was probably a a top player for longer than morning was morning. Once he had the kidney disease and he had that brief 12 game stint with the Nets, he was he, he kind of fell off a cliff morning, whereas Bosch did it for a while. Ironically, two guys who were on the heat and had non non injury medical issues that really put a damper on their career. So. I'm good with morning. Yep. All right. And so that's our 25. Now, I guess the question is, do we have anybody else? I did not have anybody else that I thought warranted discussion. Let me just give you the next guys I had based on stats and stuff. And I won't include Bosch because we obviously talked about him. or see, see if any of them strike my fancy. Some of the other guys I listed, I listed Ben Wallace. I listed ja, Dwight Howard, Ginobili, Willard, and Jermaine O'Neal, who, as we've talked about before, his stats are incredible. Yeah, no, he was the guy I thought had never been an all-star with the Pacers, and he was six times. So, yeah, the only one of those guys who... Give me the list again. Who was the, who was the one you said after Ben Wallace? Uh, Dwight Howard. Who, then who was, there was one other then, because it wouldn't... Howard, definitely not. Ginobili? Ginobili I'd thought of. And who else did you have? And Lillard. Okay, I thought there was another that you mentioned that I thought sort of thought of. Five guys, Wallace, Howard, Ginobili, Lillard, and O'Neal. Okay, Wallace, I guess I'd given some thought to just for the dominant defensive times, but it didn't last that long with Ben Wallace. And he was another guy who kind of felt like one minute he was a top player, and then the next minute he had just kind of fallen off the cliff. So... Yeah, I, I don't know that I necessarily... Ginobili was probably the one guy that I would have considered, but I don't know if I can get there with any of the rest of those guys. Yeah, I, and I, I don't know that I... They Certainly, I wouldn't put them above anybody on the 25 or else I would have. And then, you know, it's tough to look at... It's tough to... The 50 guys, I just kind of looked... Basically, I felt like all I had to go on was like... Because they wasn't ranked. That's not how they did it. Yeah. All I could kind of go on is like who made the least all-star games was kind of like the thing I was looking at. You know what I mean? Which is obviously very unscientific to like determine the bottom of the list. So yeah, I don't certainly think any of those guys need to be 
pushed off for any of the guys we just mentioned. Well, just for completion's sake, let me throw out a couple guys who would have sort of been my first guys off mm-hmm. from the from the original list. I've never been in love with the NBA career of Pistol Pete. That's a good point. Yeah. I I don't I don't know. I just he he's a guy who I think I think we talked about this when we did our top um you know, our, our starting five for each NBA team. He won a scoring title. He made a few all-star teams, but the guy, you know, he only played 10 years. His last year, he played 26. The year before that, he played 49, 50. Yeah, he, I just, I don't love the NBA career of Pistol Pete. And then the other guy, again, just based on the longevity thing, Bill Walton, yeah, I had him written down, too. I think those are both guys who were there because of their college careers. Yeah, Walton's got a little bit more of, I mean, he Walton won an MVP. He led a team to a title. His career is also 10 years, but it's the same type of thing. He's got a season with 10 games. He's got a season with 14 games. He's got a season with 33 games. I'm more inclined to put Walton on there, to leave Walton on there, because he did have a, period if very brief where he was a top player in the league you know led a team to a championship and then much like Maravich he joined the Celtics later in his late in his career to try and win a championship but Walton actually won the championship and was sixth man of the year and Maravich didn't do anything like that so if I had to drop somebody I would probably drop Maravich and I, I guess what I would say is, do you think that I, I'm looking again at Ben Wallace, five, four time defensive player of the year, led the league in rebounding, six time all defensive player. I feel like Ben Wallace might have had a better NBA career. Wallace and Bosch might have had a better NBA career than Pete Maravich. So which one would you pick over Maravich? Um. You know, I think I'd probably push for Bosch because he was an 11 time all star. Fair enough. I think I think I think that's a good point. Yeah. So we're knocking off. Maravich. We're grabbing Bosch. And then I just want to look and see if there's anybody else. While you're looking, apparently when they did the top 10 or they did the top 50 players, they did 10 coaches at the same time. And there's a couple on here that, I mean, obviously Greg Popovich wasn't on the list, so he would be knocking one of these guys off. But I'll just read this. Red Auerbach, obviously no argument. Chuck Daly, Red Holtzman from the Knicks, Phil Jackson, who only added to his tenure, John Kundla from the Minneapolis Lakers, Mm -hmm. Don Nelson, which was interesting that he was on there. Dr. Jack Ramsey, Pat Riley, Lenny Wilkins, but the one that really stands out, Bill Fitch with a career losing record. I, and not a close career losing record, either 944 and 1106. And it's not like so. I mean, he was still coaching then, but only for like another year with the Clippers. I mean, he was a Cavs coach in the 70s the Nets coach in the late eighties and early nineties. And then the Clippers coach in the mid nineties. How the hell would you put him on the list? I guess the thing about the NBA in those days though, was you just like, if you look at this list, that's 11, 12, 
on some of these, the title, I don't know if you're looking at Wikipedia too, but it's, they have the championships they won even post then, but I can do the math real quick. One for Lenny, four for Riley. Ramsey, one is six. Another five for Kunla is 11. At this point, Jackson had four. So that's 15, 17, 18, 20, and then nine for Arbach. That's 29 of the 50 championships. So you'd have to think, I mean, basketball coaches, some of them, and maybe you get this with baseball managers too, but they tend to be considered great just if they coach a really long time, even if they're just constant retreads. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you could have put Casey Jones on there with the Celtics because he won the two titles and, you know, Fitch only won the one. I guess for our purposes here, you'd have to put Popovich on. And I guess the easiest first one to get rid of would be Fitch. Yeah. And then some other names to consider. I think the big one you have to consider is Jerry Sloan. Yeah. Maybe Rudy Tomjanovich. And to be honest, at this point, you got to at least talk about Eric Spolstra. Yeah. And I think you missed another one too. You know who else I think you got to really consider is Larry Brown. After this led the Sixers to a title and I'm sorry, led the Sixers to a finals and led the Pistons to a, an NBA championship, two finals in a row. He's got to go on there above, uh, you know, Don Nelson. Doc Rivers goes on there above Don Nelson. Yeah, I'd put Brown over Rivers, but yeah. Yeah, so there's a few guys. We don't, we don't need to belabor it too much, but I've looked at like Bill Fitch is on this list. The guy's got a 460 winning percentage. Well, let me just look at a couple other quick things. Let me look at the NBA all-time win leaders for coaches and let me see kind of who's now because I know Lenny Wilkins is first but um coaches with the most regular season wins in history anyway Don Nelson is first he passed Lenny Wilkins that can't be right no well I guess that's the question with Don Nelson do you do you take off a guy who has the most wins in NBA history? It's a tough let me, question. Let me ask you this then. If he doesn't have the most all-time wins in NBA history, does Lenny Wilkins need to be on there? Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. I mean, he's only down by three, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Brown is, I think, one, two, three, four, five. Brown is like eighth or ninth all-time. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying. I'm also just trying to think, like, who's got the championships? You know, Fitch has got one, Rivers. Yeah, there's there's nobody really. I don't know if I'm trying to think if there's anybody even from like before that time period that got screwed. Be, you know, they had won championships. It's it's an interesting conversation. But I mean, Kerr is another one. Kerr won three championships. So, but yeah, at the bare minimum, you put on Popovich and you knock off Bill Fitch. And I would probably find a spot for Larry Brown too. So fair enough. All right. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess I'm fine with leaving Ben Wallace off. I part of me wants to pull Walton as the 50th guy or the 49th guy off of there because but he did win an MVP. And then I'm looking at some of these other guys, you know, Earl the Pearl, Billy Cunningham. I had thought maybe Parrish could go because while he was a great player, he never, um, you know, 
he was never the leader of a team, but Paris was a nine time all-star. So I guess I'm comfortable with leaving Wallace off. So let me give our list. We remove pistol Pete Maravich. And so we then add 26 players, Iverson, Duncan, Garnett, Nash, Nowitzki, Kobe, LeBron, Durant, Harden, Westbrook, Giannis, Curry, Reggie Miller, Kidd, Wade, Paul Pierce, Chris Paul, Ray Allen, Vince Carter, Pau Gasol, Tony Parker, Carmelo, Bosch, Kawhi Leonard, and Gary Payton and Alonzo. Oh no, we didn't we didn't do Alonzo and Gary Payton, and that is our twenty six. So yep. yep, and we had a surprising amount of agreement. Now let me ask you one more question before we wrap this up. Is there anybody that we didn't have on? that you think is going to get voted in. So with that, I have to think about recency bias because that's the one they most, they most lean towards with some of this stuff. Yeah. And I meant recent guys. I mean, I guess recent, you mean when you say recent bias, you mean like guys are playing now. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with guys. We haven't even mentioned that. I feel like, I don't know if they'll make it, but wouldn't shock me. I mean, Kyrie Irving, people like to talk about. Davis could make it on. AD? Yeah. Um, you could see Jokic just because he's the reigning MVP. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Anybody else? I don't think Clay Thompson will make it, but I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I now I'm just trying to think of like common things they might do. You know what I mean? You know who else you could see get on there because he's kind of had a, I don't want to say a rehab in his reputation, but a guy who's been talked about in a different light more recently is Rodman. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. The fact that neither of us even thought to mention him. And I would not put him on there, but you could see that. Yeah. Although, again, I would have to say to them, what did he do post 97 to put himself on the list? If he wasn't on the list as of 97, my fear is, and this is where I maybe display a little bit of my, whatever the the polar opposite of recency biases. My fear is that they're just going to cut away. And I don't know who voted on this thing. So hopefully there's some experts, you know, guys who know the, you know, guys and women who know the sort of the whole history. Like my fear is that they're just going to sort of totally cut away a lot of the really early guys. I mean, I know they'll leave Mike in on there. I know they'll leave Kuzi. They're actually taking guys off the 75. I, didn't I think they're just voting on a fresh 75. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know that. We didn't do that because we're already at an hour and 40 minutes and it's one of our shortest episodes ever. And we just, you know, we can't be here all night. But I worry that you're going to see the the Bill Sharmans and the, the well, maybe not Bob Pettit, but like the Sharmans and the um, Paul Arizons and some of those guys make Paul Arison probably can go. I'm not saying that just because they played in the 50s, they have to be on there. But I worry that they're going to kind of really cut a, you know, cut off five or six guys from the 50s just because they were from the 50s. I mean, Dolph Shays might be one of the two or three best players in the Philadelphia 76ers franchise history. If he goes off the team, it's a disgrace. But I worry they're going to do some of that, you know, the, yeah. the, and then, then that'll make room for the clay Thompson's and stuff. And that, 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 I don't know, to me, that'll, you don't want to have too much recency bias, but you don't want to go too, or you don't want to have, you don't want to, you don't want to screw the recent guys, but you don't want to go too far in the other direction either. So, 
when are they announcing it? All star game? No, no, they're going to announce it sometime soon. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, if they do like a presentation, that'll be at the all star game, oh, probably. Okay. But I don't think they're going to. I think they're, I heard they were announcing it in October. That was one of the reasons why I wanted to record this, um, because I wanted to get it at least recorded before the NBA made their announcement. So, and when it does get announced, we will, um, I don't know, but we'll, we'll, we'll discuss how close we got with some of this stuff. Yeah, we'll do an add on at some point. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. All right. Well, I think this is good. We hadn't done a list in a while. So this was a good this was a good exercise. Yeah, I thought it was, you know, got to. Uh, obviously, we do a lot of older episodes, um, you know, topics and things like that. But, you know, you know, sports history is happening. We did one on the 21st best sports moments of the 21st century. Sports history is happening now, too. And, you know, obviously there's more avenues to hear about that, but we may as well, you know, sometimes we don't want to neglect current things or, or more recent things either. So definitely. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Enjoy the 75th season of the NBA. And until next time, I'm Dan Newman. And I'm Andrew Newman. Goodbye, old sports. All right, as promised, everybody, we're back here at the end of the episode a few weeks later to talk about the actual NBA 75 team. They um, they came out with their list shortly after we recorded this episode. And I think the first thing that's interesting is that it was actually 76 players. They came out and they did 76 players because they said that there was a tie in the voting for number 75 and number 76. I don't like that they did that. I think it should have been 75 players in most ordinary circumstances. If there's a tie, you you tend to see a vote. You know, maybe they could have had a second vote or something like that. But the fact that they just kept it at 76, I don't know. That that kind of annoyed me a little bit. Well, everybody just voted for 25 players, too. So it's not like they voted for 75, 75. But I mean, it's not like um, there's some weird mathematic formula where it's like, well, the odds that it ended up being a tie were so remote. We didn't even consider it. You know, if it was something where you had like a first place vote and a second place vote and all that, where it was, you know, it's like the NFL has for their football tiebreakers at the end of the year. It's like you go from, okay head to head division record, conference record, common opponents, strength of schedule. And once you get into like strength of victory, you're dealing with a number that's like point and then six or seven digits. The odds of that being a tie are so remote that after that, they just go uh, coin toss. Like if it's literally, you know, so (laughs) if it was something like that for this, I could see it. But yeah, I mean, it's just like, oh, people voted and each vote is a point like you would have thought they'd have at least said, hey, there's a chance we could get a tie here. How do we break that? But I guess they just uh, only had so much time and money in the budget. And they were like, well, it's 76. So it's 76. Yeah. And I do have to say the they, they, they did do pretty well. And I'm trying to find it here. I don't know. Here it is. They did a pretty good job as far as who the panelists were. They had a lot of players, everybody from Bob Pettit to. Steph Curry and kind of everybody in between. It's it's interesting to look. So, for instance, Magic was on there, but Bird wasn't. I, I don't think was Jordan on there. Uh, Jordan was on there. You know, coaches, Kerr, Riley, no Phil Jackson, although God knows he probably either couldn't be found or had some sort of strange objection to the, the team. But and, you know, and then a lot of guys, people, I should say, who have been around for the a lot of the league writers, that type of thing, you know, Marv Albert and Bob Ryan and you know Bill Simmons, who obviously hasn't been along 
around for as long, Jackie McMullen. So I think they did a pretty good job of players, coaches, journalists, broadcasters, as far as the selection. And the surprising thing, or one of the surprising things, all 50 players from the NBA 50 team were selected to this team. And I was a little bit surprised by that. On the one hand, I was sort of glad to see it because I had been afraid that they might knock off some of the the later guys. I'm sorry, I should say the earlier guys, you know, the Bill Sharmans, the Paul Arizons, just because they didn't know anything about them. Hmm. But instead, they seem to have or they didn't seem to. They've kept all 50 of them. And I would have liked to maybe see at least one or two guys drop off because the fear that I have is that they a lot of people just voted for all the original 50 without really thinking about it. So nonetheless, all that 50 is, of the original guys stayed on. That is probably what happened. But at the same time, and I, I agree with you that maybe there was, you know, one or two or three guys that were on the 50 that probably shouldn't have been on the 50. And even if they should have been, shouldn't now be on the 75. But I, I think the odds that, I think there's a there was a greater chance that what you were describing happened and guys that shouldn't have fallen off all fell off in mass. Yeah. Because they're just like, oh, I, we don't know anything about anybody who didn't play before 1968. So we're just going to not vote for any of them. And then guys who legitimately should have been there would have been gone or they could have gone. OK, we'll keep that original list sacred and just add 25 to it. Obviously, the best thing would have been in the middle where if maybe they were you know, a little more, okay, two or three guys at the very bottom of the list who we talked about fell off. But um, if left with the two choices, I'm kind of glad they just left the originals intact and you can live with a guy like Pete Maravich who really shouldn't be on there if it means that, yeah, Bob Pettit or Dolph Shays doesn't get taken off just because nobody remembers them. Yep, I agree. So we had actually, we had selected, you know, in a weird way, we sort of selected 76 also because we took pistol pete off and we added in i forget whether it was bosch or morning that we actually added in in place of pete's pistol pete so there's the way that works out because we knocked pistol pete off and they chose 76 there's five guys that are different between what we finally came off with and what the panel did and if you discount the pistol pete So let's go through. There were 21 guys that both we had on our list and that they didn't and that they also had on their list. I'll just run through those real quick. Iverson, Duncan, Garnett, Nash, Dirk, Kobe, LeBron, Durant, Harden, Westbrook, Giannis, Steph Curry, Miller, Reggie Miller, Jason Kidd, Wade, Paul Pierce, Chris Paul, Ray Allen. And Carmelo and also, I'm sorry. Carmelo, Kawhi, and Peyton. I I may have missed one. The new five that they added were Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard. Who I had Lillard on my list of like next. You did. I didn't have him on the list, but I had him listed there. I don't think any of us, neither of us listed Anthony Davis at all, did we? I, at the very end, mentioned Davis as somebody who might end up on there but that maybe we didn't. Um, hmm. And he's actually, he, I don't, I don't didn't remember a lot. He came in the league at like 19. So he's actually been in the league for like 10 years. So his career is not as young. I think maybe because he was playing out in the middle of nowhere with the, was he on the Pelicans? 
people yeah. just didn't he didn't really appear on the radar screen, but he actually has been in the league for a decade. So it's not as egregious as I had no idea he's been in the league as long as he has. Yeah, no, I, I didn't either. I absolutely didn't either. So and then the other three that they put on were not new guys. They put on Bob McAdoo, who we t- I think we might have touched on him briefly. He was the MVP uh, one year with the Buffalo Braves in the mid seventies. And then they also put on Dominique, which I have to admit, I'm not crazy about. And then Rodman, who we had also talked about as somebody who was a possibility of getting on there. The five that we had that they didn't include Vince Carter, Pau Gasol, Tony Parker, Bosch, Chris Bosch, and Morning. I don't feel too terrible about any of those. Our first three definitely belong on there. You think so? Vince Carter, uh, Pau Gasol, and Tony Parker. Yeah, I think I'd fight for those guys over some of those guys they put in. I, you know, I didn't love Lillard. Mm. You would mention him, like you said, as like a secondary one. I didn't know that he belonged. McAdoo, I guess I can live with a little bit because he won an MVP and then he was a key role player, maybe a little bit higher than a role player on the early Lakers teams in the 80s. Dominique, to me, is just really overrated. So I don't have a big problem with McAdoo. Dominique, I don't know. I just I always thought of him as just overrated. I mean, did he I guess did he win scoring titles? He probably did. Right. Uh, I can check that. Let me see if I can find that quickly. Dominique Wilkins. But it just seems to me like in some ways his best moments were in dunk contests. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's maybe I, I feel like sometimes that's my perception, too, which maybe is that has to be unfair. You know, there's there's no way that's totally. Let me he, see here. He won one scoring title in 86. Yeah. Nine time, it. nine time all star, seven time all NBA. Let me see how that compares with Carmelo. Carmelo, 10-time All-Star, 6-time All-NBA with one scoring title. So it's close. I mean, I guess if you're going to have Carmelo, you got to at least make a case for Neek. But yeah, overall, wouldn't you rather have the career of Pau Gasol than Dominique? I think so, yeah. I mean, Dominique, Gasol had a longer career. Dominique, I mean, by when would you say he was in serious decline? Definitely by the early 90s, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Certainly by the time he left the Hawks in 94 and was with the the Clippers and then the Celtics. So, you know, you're talking about, again, a good run. He was a uh, first team, all NBA player. Well, actually I shouldn't, shouldn't, he was a first team, all NBA in 86 and then second team in 87, 88, 91 and 93. So I didn't realize as late as 93, he was still a second team, all NBA player, third team in 94. Some of that may have been undeserved. I don't really know, but it, it obviously wasn't, you know, he wasn't terrible if he was still getting those, even if he was pumped up a little bit. He was obviously playing at a high level a little later than I give him credit for. Yeah, and maybe he led decent teams longer than Carter did. So and I, I can buy him over Carter. I can buy these other guys. Gasol's the one that I really don't feel good about. I, Who would you rather have on your team, Pau Gasol or Dennis Rodman? I think Rodman just... You know, he was with those bad boy Pistons and then he was with the Bulls, the late Bulls teams. And I think he he probably gets in sort of on 
character. I don't mean like character. You know, the fact that he was a character is probably pumping him up a little bit. I think there's been a little bit of an overcorrection with Rodman. I think when he retired, especially you figure he had that weird stint with the Lakers and he had an even weirder stint with Dallas mm-hmm. and he went through this whole strange. And I don't even remember whether some of his, his antics came after he retired or before. I, I can't say I remember, but then all of a sudden it was like, he went to the hall of fame, he went to the hall of fame. And then there was the, you know, last year there was the last dance thing where they talked pretty heavily and about him and his role and what an important on the court presence he was to those bulls. And so I almost feel like now that he's in the Hall of Fame and there's been more talk about him, I don't think when he left the NBA, anybody thought he was either a Hall of Famer or a top 75 of all time guy. And I understand guys get their images rehabbed once they're gone, but I almost feel like it's gone too far with Rodman. Yeah, I could see that. It, it's sort of like when a band, you know, it goes from like, oh, they were, you know, hey, not enough people talked about this band. They were really good. And then you start to hear an article later about how, like, you know, actually they're the ones responsible for the grunge movement. And it's like, all right, let's, you know, I, I read something where there's like a, you know, the prestige TV shows now. There's like a very predictable arc of like this show is really good and more people should be talking about it. And then it's like, no, this show is really good. And it's also really important to understanding the current cultural moment. And then like two weeks later, it's like, actually this show is problematic in ways you haven't thought about. And it's like all in a couple of weeks. It's kind of like that. Or haven't we, haven't we heard enough about whatever? Yeah. 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 So it's, it's like, okay, you can appreciate. All right. Dennis Rodman was a really good player behind the, tattoos and the bright hair and wearing a showing up to a game in a wedding dress like okay he if you strip all that away he's still a really good player that doesn't then need to extend itself to like oh no you need to understand that he's one of the greatest players to ever play the game and he was not a key player wrong word he was not a star on those bad boy piston teams he was an important role player but he was not by and large a starter on those teams. That was Lambeer. That was Mahorn. That was even John Sally. Mm-hmm. That was, I guess Mahorn was only on the first team. Yeah. And I then think, they, I think Rodman started a decent amount in that second year. Probably because Mahorn was gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. But it was not his role on that team has been sort of belatedly inflated. And also, and I was listening to this uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was listening to a podcast with Bill Simmons and Bob Ryan, two of the two of the guys who voted on this. And I think it was Simmons said that year, those couple of years in San Antonio, Dennis Rodman was aggressively a distraction. Not only did he not contribute, he led to just a culture on the team. I remember that just what a what a challenge it was for them dealing with him. And then by the time of the third Chicago team, he was he had kind of checked out a little bit. Yeah, and real quick, the um, so 88-89, he only started in eight games. The next year in 89-90, he started in 43, but I think that was like all in the back half of the year he became a starter. Yeah. And then by the next couple of years, he was a every game starter until he left for the Spurs. So, yeah, it was that second year he became the back half of the last year of those teams. He was a starter. He has to have the fewest all-star appearances of every anybody on this list, too. Yeah, you would imagine. And that was the 90s, and it was a certain time period where there was just an overabundance of really, really good to great NBA players. 
But the fact that his contemporaries didn't see fit to put him in more than two all-star games, and by contemporaries, I mean just the, the basketball community at large, that means something. So, yeah, he's the one that bothered me. I would much rather have Gasol. I would probably try and make a case for Tony Parker over Dominique. Maybe I'm emphasizing winning. Carter, Bosch, and Morning. I don't feel as strongly about, but... And, and I think I've sort of was won over a little bit on Davis by, first of all, realizing how long his career was and then mm-hmm. some of the analysis I've seen after the fact. But by and large, I think they did a good job. They didn't totally just ignore the past. In fact, they didn't ignore the past at all. They were less modern in their list than we were in ours because they added three guys whose careers were over to basically over by the time the previous list came about. And we purposefully didn't do that so if anything they may have slightly snubbed the present yeah and it, but i think you know overall you can quibble with a few but nothing super egregious they didn't put a guy who's been in the league for two and a half years in because of potential you know just what they did kind of sort of with Shaq last time around and they got lucky. Well, I'm not lucky, but like if if Shaquille O'Neal had never played another game after that, him being on that list would be quite a. Uh, it's kind of like, and I know it's a little different because it's steroids, but it's kind of like when you watch the video of the All Century Team in baseball and Mark McGuire's out there, and it's like, even if you put aside Negro League guys, he's like the seventh best first baseman of all time. But he had hit uh, 70 home runs the year before, so there he was. Mm-hmm. Before we go, one other guy you we I think we both talked about, but you especially had talked about Clay Thompson as somebody who was close. Did you see the whole thing with Clay Thompson? Wearing the 77 jersey? Well, he was upset that he got snubbed. And so he came in for, I, I don't know if it was practice or a game a couple of days later. And his teammates had gotten him a 77 Thompson <laughs> jersey and put it in his locker. <laughs> so. yeah, and, and part of me wonders if a little bit of that is recency bias in the fact that he hasn't he hasn't played in like two years, really yeah, re- real recency bias. Yeah. I yeah. also, I also think it's hard when you're playing with a guy who all your strengths are his strengths too. And he's one of the best 30 players of all time. And you're trying to be one of the best 75 or 80. If he was a banging power forward, maybe he'd have a better chance instead of just another guy who's really good at threes. So, all right, well, we just wanted to hop back on for a few minutes here and, give you sort of our, our thoughts after the fact, after the list came out. So uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope you enjoyed this little add on. And until the next time I'm Dan Newman. And I'm Andrew Newman. Goodbye, old sports. This podcast is part of the sports history network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, AKA the football history dude. And I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? 
I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.